It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anza, yes! Touchdown, did get it? Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Five o'clock hour here on the Full Court Press. Uh, leading off with the big news that uh, we got earlier today, just this afternoon, that uh, the fan has made an arrangement with uh, a, a third party, a company that's doing radio broadcasts of a lot of different bowl games this uh, this bowl season. And they reached out to us and we said, yeah, let's do it. So we're going to be covering a lot of Mountain West bowl games, including the Utah State versus Memphis game at the uh, Surf Pro uh, First Responders Bowl on December 27th. So we will have that full play-by-play coverage here on the fan. It'll be simulcast on KVNU. Uh, but we've got a couple of other bowl games that we'll be covering and, and airing in their entirety here on the fan, including the Frisco Bowl this Saturday, Boise State versus North Texas. We'll have the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, San Jose State versus Eastern Michigan, the Armed Forces Bowl with Air Force versus Baylor. That'll be on December 22nd. The Quick Lane Bowl will have New Mexico State versus Bowling Green on the 26th, uh, and the uh, ReliaQuest Bowl, which is Illinois versus Mississippi State, on January 2nd. Um, so uh, several different bowl games that we're going to have full play-by-play coverage of here on the fan but the biggest news of them all is that we will have full play-by-play coverage here in Cache Valley that people can hear and listen to of Utah State taking on Memphis on December 27th. So that's exciting. It's big news. Yeah. It's really nice to have, like I said, it's nice to have Aggie football on the home of Aggie Radio sports coverage. That's easy to find and follow. Yeah, you can actually listen to it in the Valley, believe it or not. You can actually pull it off. Yeah, so excited to hear that happen. So we will still have special programming before with KVNU Game Day. Uh, We'll have uh, an extended pregame coverage with Al Lewis. Um, And we'll have uh, the the postgame KVNU Aggie Call uh, will be on as well with our own reactions of uh, what's happened and how the game played out. And um, who knows, we may even have some guest appearances from uh, on location with Jason Walker. We'll see. <laughs> I'll be heading down there uh day before flying out like the 26th, I think. We'll see what I can uh scrounge up. See if I can get on. I don't know, would you want me on Aggie call? I've been on once and that was because I messed up <laughs> and couldn't get the uh the post game audio for one of the early games. Yeah, well, we still need to figure out how we're going to map out who's uh, doing what for the Bulls, but we'll uh be fun to have your perspective either in the pregame. Maybe it would be best just what's what's the situation looking like with the weather and the <laughs> weather jerseys. Be, I'm and, sure the weather will be just fine. Yeah, but everything else that's going on. I was out here and it's like negative five degrees, and I'm like, oh, this is like sixty degrees, and 
wearing shorts and it's really tough guys yeah it's so hard guys <laughs> wish <laughs> wish you could be here uh so exciting news that just broke uh with us within the last 30 minutes here on the fan and uh cash valley media group with uh, some details that just got finalized today so really exciting stuff uh, getting to our full court press text line, a lot of texts coming through last hour, 435-339-0321, if you want to chime in and uh, be a part of the discussion. we were, Last hour, we talked a lot about Utah State basketball, just the you know, still a hot start for the Aggies, but not a lot of love from the voters. The, the computers like the Aggies, but the people don't. It's not like they don't, but they're just not quite on to the same level. Yeah, it's like normally you think undefeated gets you in the top 25. Because, like, the reason we kind of talk about the AP poll, why they're, you know, not showing love is because usually the undefeated gets you into the AP poll. The human voters, you know, show the respect toward an undefeated team. And they have for several, but, of course, the undefeated Mountain West teams aren't getting that respect. UNLV's, uh, they've got 27 points in the AP poll, but... They're not in the top 25. New Mexico's got like 12 points. I forget how many. I think San Diego State has 14 and Utah State has four. Even though, you know, the computers have Utah State at 12 in the NET. You know, those kind of things. So it's just weird that AP poll normally respects undefeated teams. They aren't in this case. Right. And part of it, I understand, look, they've played a, a good schedule, not a great schedule. There's not an indie any individual marquee game that they've played yet. Um, and that's still to come. I, I think their best opportunity for that is when they go to Hawaii, and we'll see how they do there. Uh, a couple of your texts coming through. Uh, once again, if you want to chime in, 435-339-0321. Sorry, getting a little tongue-tied there. Uh, 9315 texts in. Um where do we set in strength of schedule out of the 350-ish basketball teams? I'll be able to tell you that in a second. And actually, there are over 360. 363. Basketball teams. Um, yeah, give me a moment, and I will tell you. Oh, sorry. I think a bunch of texts here that we didn't get to from 9315. How is UNLV getting more votes than the Aggies? They beat Dayton. Yeah, they've... That's the only reason. And at the time, Dayton was... 21st. Was, was ranked, yeah. Yeah. So they, they have quad one games on their resume. Utah State does not. That, that's why. Um, so uh, strength of schedule, Jason will look that up. I've looked it up now. Well, this is so strength of schedule can be an iffy metric because some people have it different. Um, there are different ways to calculate it. I don't know what it is based off of a win percentage. That's a different metric. Basketball reference, I can't remember how they, they – uh, map out their strength of schedule. I think it's partially based on their simple rating system. But just to give you an idea, ballpark, others will probably be fairly similar to this. But Utah State, according to basketball references strength of schedule metric, is 63rd in strength of schedule. So, and for reference, San Diego State, we've talked about how tough their strength of schedule is. They rank 5th in strength of schedule. Okay. So, yeah, decent, but not great. Yeah, it's it's 63rd not because they've played anybody tough. It's because they've got the one quad four game. Pretty much everybody they've played, 
most of the teams they've played, I think UVU, Bradley, Oral Roberts, like, a lot of them have winning records. I think San Diego is the only one, I think, that doesn't have a winning record. I swear there's somebody else I'm just not remembering. San Diego is 5-5. Five and five. Oh, so they're not even below 500. I think everybody else to this point is above 500. Yeah, Utah Valley is at 6-4. and four. Most of the other teams are two, three, four losses. Yep. Yeah, San Francisco is like seven and two now. Loyal is like seven and four. So yeah, pretty much everybody's, you know, winning records and whatnot. So Yeah. Uh so this there's another text here from nine three one five. Was I the only one that had to pay to watch that game? Should have let it be free seeing the horrible start time. Yeah. That was bad. They got pushed back too. Yeah, there probably weren't very many people watch that game because you had to pay ten bucks to watch it. So and that's their entire business model there for that final game. That's the only way they paid their bills. Like, All right, we're going to get, you know, 500 people to convince 500 people to pay 10 bucks to watch this game. And not because neither of these teams have supporters. It's because it's really late and not that many people are going to want to cough up 10 bucks just to pay for the game. They'll just say, I'll check the score tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they had more than 100 people pay. Yeah. To watch that game. So, obviously, that's not to question Aggie Nation or no. the Lions' uh, <laughs> the willingness to follow their team. I mean, you and I watched it, and there weren't 100 people in that arena. Oh, yeah. It was. I mean, that place was empty. Nobody in Vegas wanted to do it. So, like, it's, it's amazing that that happened. It's like some of these events shouldn't be happening. Like, there was a women's basketball game that was played in a hotel ballroom. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? Why are we even doing this? Don't even host these events if you're going to play them in front of nobody or in stupid locations. Play them in actual gyms, in front of actual people. And I get there's a benefit because you at least get to play these teams. But I don't understand why, you know, you, you look at Utah State playing San Francisco. Why on this wonderful world of ours... Are we doing what is essentially a home-and-home series, but it's not a home-and-home? Because we go to San Francisco. They're going to come to Salt Lake City. Why not just play a (laughs) home-and-home? You get your ticket revenue. You get a home game. Then you get a road game. You know, like, there's no reason to do this weird neutral site bullcrap. I mean, it it does kind of help you in in the net. Then it hurts you. Like, it hurts Utah State because they're playing basically a road game, but then it's going to hurt San Francisco when they come back. (laughs) Just play a home-and-home. You're you're making the trip. Just make it a little bit further to go on campus. It's like you're not helping yourself in any way whatsoever. And so I I just want to ask, like, why are you so stupid? (laughs) Uh, uh, Another text from 9315. Uh, was there not a tweet earlier about a top Utah State receiver that was going to a different school, I think an Oklahoma school, that has now been deleted? Uh, I don't know. Can't, I can't comment on that. I'm not aware of that. And then 63 is good seeing how many D1 teams there is, right? Yeah, definitely it's, good. It's over 360. So If you're top 100 in most stats, that means you're solidly above average. Uh, 6543. The fast start is great. Um, I hope. This isn't a repeat of the Stu days when we go 25-3 and three and not make the tournament. 
San Diego State seems to have the right idea. They have three losses but have played a much tougher schedule. Is it better to have more wins or, or be battle-tested? Regardless of records, I'm reading that the Mountain West will only get two teams in the NCAA. I think well, I think with Wyoming maybe dropping off, that was a team that was likely to get to potentially get an at-large bid. There's a lot mm-hmm. of respect for them. The fact that they've kind of, well, not kind of, they have dropped this season, not really by any fault of their own. That probably reduces that. But the fact that UNLV and New Mexico are jumping up, I think the Mountain West. I think we were talking about this a few weeks ago, or maybe even a week ago, where this is a probably a three-bid team, three-bid league. Provided, you know, you get a good enough... Uh, Utah State's going to have to win based off of uh, winning in conference. Their non-conference schedule is not going to carry them. But, you know, UNLV and New Mexico, if they do well in conference, they have a good enough non-conference slate that they could maybe push toward an at-large. It'll, it'll depend on conference play. But I think San Diego State probably gets an at-large, provided they don't keep sliding the way they have. You probably get at least one other at-large bid and maybe a third. And and a lot of it revolves around who wins the conference tournament. Because if you get the two teams, let's say Utah State and San Diego State do the best. They probably both earn at-large bids. But let's say Wyoming comes on strong late and wins the tournament. You're probably getting three teams. If a UNLV, let's say, you know, UNLV, New Mexico, and Utah, like there's a possibility that three teams could earn an at-large consideration. I don't think you're going to get more than three because there's just not enough room at the top there. If UNLV plays really good, it probably means Utah State didn't do as well. Or, you know, so... Yeah, it really depends if they just take turns beating each other once and that's it. Um, then... You know, they'll they'll get some higher profile rankings, but really it's about what is the resume that they're building now. Yeah, and see that's where Utah State has the best chance to build an at large if they end up beating UNLV and beating New Mexico, which might end up knocking New Mexico out of at large contention. But I think this could be a three bid league. That's earlier this I'm. My thinking was maybe there's a chance for four at most. Granted, when I said four, it was three teams at most could probably earn an at-large, and getting a fourth would mean three at-large teams, one of them probably being like a 14 or 15 seed, and then somebody unexpected, you know. Winning the automatic qualifier in the tournament, yeah. I'd say I like the odds of this league getting three. Two is probably the more likely but I do think that three is possible. Yeah, I think three is absolutely possible uh, with so many teams playing so well early on. Uh, still a lot of basketball to be played. But, yeah. um, but but on the point as far as like, you know, playing the tougher schedule, being battle-tested, it's interesting when we've talked to all the high high school coaches, they very much subscribe to the uh, – when you look at the, the, the better teams. You know, in football, you had Skyview and, and Ridgeline and, and all these teams. They wanted to play tough teams. And in basketball, we had the same conversation. A lot of the favorites, they're playing tough teams. They almost invariably go for battle-tested over win-loss record. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, And it's a bit of a different debate in college because in high school, 
it's, you know, you win and all that, that's all that matters. And everyone gets to the playoffs. Everyone gets to go dancing. So it just matters about how good your team is. In college, it's it obviously changes because it's not how good you are. It's how good you look. Yeah. Which can mean different things. Are you beating every team by 20, but they're not good? Or are you winning every game by three, but they're really good teams? And it's a debate that I'm not sure I can really settle the answer to because different a, people have different philosophies. Yeah, a good number of that field who participates in the NCAA tournament are determined by people. Uh, who do we think should be there and who gets left home? You have your automatic qualifiers, but then beyond that, the rest of that field is put together by style points. And it's not just that. I mean, there's a lot of metrics that they'll look at. I mean, wins and losses matter. The type of teams that you played matter and how you looked in those games. It all matters. I mean, there's a lot of different things that they look at. But you're right. There's a human element that's part of it. And that's why Utah State needs to continue to not just play well in these last couple before they go to Hawaii, but they need to dominate. And they didn't really Dominate against Loyola Marymount. Yes, they played very well in the second half, but there's they won by double digits. But I wouldn't say that they dominated. And these next couple of games, they need to dominate. If they want to start getting some more respect in the polls, it's got to be just a clear domination, 20 points or more uh, in the, in, against Westminster and Weber State, which is absolutely doable. Those are both... Uh, a lower division team that just won't have the physical talent and skill, and another team that's just woefully underperforming and struggling with a new head coach. Yeah, you you have to find ways to impress the voters, and you're not going to do it by beating a great team because there's not a great team on your schedule. So you have to do it the other way, the way the 2018 football team did. They didn't beat anybody. They just beat everyone by 50 points. So Utah State's going to have to go with that strategy instead. Or just eventually getting to the point where you can't ignore a 14-0, and 13, however many wins it would be by Christmas. Th- those are the only ways. We said this before. You're just going to have to keep winning. It's going to be a while before you get any real respect in the AP poll. Uh, 2305 texting in uh, any updates on Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Uh, I haven't seen any lately. Um, you know, I wonder if they... I mentioned earlier we're going to be have we'll carry that bowl game, the Relia Quest Bowl with Mississippi State taking on Illinois. I, I wonder if they even have that bowl. I mean, it's not until January second, but there's there's going to definitely be a cloud over that team going into that bowl game. Uh, it doesn't look good. I don't have any new updates though. They're keeping pretty hush hush on that. Yeah, they're they're keeping it down, and you know, fair enough. This is a man's literally personal life, um, so keep it secret. Let them, let the family and everyone close to my actually close to Mike Leach deal with this in their own confidence. Eventually, get out to the public because he's a public figure. But for now, you know, let it happen, and you know, let let the whole process go through and. Uh, the privacy of these own people's lives. Yeah. Rough deal. Uh, we're going to take another time out here in the full court press. Love to continue to get your feedback. Utah State uh, performing well. Continue to remain undefeated. 
the uh, net rankings, Ken Palm, they like the Aggies. The voters, not quite there yet. Uh, Utah State um, getting some love in the poll, getting some votes. Uh, Utah Jazz, they got Mike Connolly back for a minute, <laughs> and then they were a lot of guys missing on their trip to Denver. Uh, but uh, now they turn around and they've got another game, uh, well, a couple of games against the really one of the top teams in the NBA coming to town with New Orleans. That's uh, coming up next. We'll continue to update that and more coming up on the Full Court Press. And we'll reveal pick six, the uh, six things we thought were going to happen this last weekend. How do we do? Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. This is Ryan at My Mattress, a mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. At Valvoliness and Oil Change, we'll make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration. All while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valvoliness and Oil Change, 695 North Main, across from Angie's. Happy Holidays from Birch Creek Golf Course. For your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com. Birch Creek's online store offers punch passes that are on sale at the spring sale price, as well as driving range passes and discounted golf lessons from our PGA teaching staff. So for your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com and enjoy Birch Creek's virtual online store. And happy holidays from your friends at Birch Creek. One of this year's most popular and in-demand Christmas gifts is sure to be the e-bike. Find the best name in e-bikes, the Yamaha Power Assist Bikes at Cash Honda Yamaha in Hyde Park. Yamaha e-bikes have superior technology and pure ride performance. Choose the model and style right for you. Yamaha All-Road e-bikes or Yamaha Mountain e-bikes, all backed up by Cash Honda Yamaha's full service department. Yamaha Power Assist e-bikes on display and on sale now at Cash Honda Yamaha at the light in Hyde Park. This Christmas, give her a special gift from the gift department at S.C. Needham Jewelers. All gifts are carefully wrapped with our signature gold and burgundy gift wrap, and it's done free of charge. S.C. Needham's is an authorized dealer of Yadro figurines. This collection of fine porcelain is made in Europe with depictions of the nativity, Santa Claus, mother and child, or family. It will serve as heirlooms for future generations. Or consider music or jewelry boxes or home decor. Come shop today. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Uh, again, the big news today is that the uh, Cash Valley Media Group, we're going to be able to carry a lot of the bowl games during the bowl season, at least those involving Mountain West schools, and that will begin this weekend. So here on the fan, uh, we'll have the Frisco Bowl with Boise State. Uh, the uh, And then following week, let's see, on Monday... Is it? Uh, Tuesday. Sorry, on Tuesday, the following week on the 20th, Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, San Jose State, Eastern Michigan, the Armed Forces Bowl on December 22nd with Air Force and Baylor. On the 26th, it'll be New Mexico State versus Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl. On the 27th, Utah State versus Memphis in the Surf Pro First Responders Bowl. We'll have that here on the fan as well as simulcast on KVNU. And then on January 2nd, it's on the schedule that we'll have the ReliaQuest Bowl with Illinois and Mississippi State, uh, though certainly some concern over what might happen with that program with the uh, recent events with uh, Mike Leach and his health uh, over the weekend. Uh, doesn't look good for Coach Leach. Uh, a couple more texts that have come through here in the Full Court Press. One five three four. Such good news. Aggie fans deserve to have a game actually heard and ready to find locally. Yeah, no, Eric, you're so excited about it. <laughs> well, we should be. You've mentioned it no less than three times now. It's exciting. It's <laughs> big news. <laughs> it, is, it's, it, is, it is nice to have. I said it's good to have, good to have Aggie Sports here. Uh, eight, nine, six, eight. Uh, let's see. I've got to admit that the crowd at the game Saturday night, Sunday morning, had the atmosphere of an Aggie women's basketball game in the spectrum. <laughs> oh, you had to bring them into it? Come on. <laughs> Shots fired. Basically, if you were awake, they the camera would get on you during a timeout or a free throw. And a couple times, I wondered if the person they were showing was asleep. <laughs> if you had a pulse, you got on the jumbotron. Yeah. Uh, seven eight five four. Jason needs to get off his high horse. These games in the big venues are a great recruiting tool. Plus, let's face it, nobody wants to play in the Spectrum. Who on earth goes to Utah State because they get to play in the Chase Center? Well, I mean, if you get to say, look, we're going to provide opportunities to play in NBA venues. Everybody does, though. <laughs> Literally everybody. I mean, it used to be on the regular that Utah State would have at least one game of the year down at Vivint. Uh, they don't have one this year. Like, everybody goes to these tournaments. Everybody does these showcases. And, and yeah, you, you you do this home-and-home home thing with the neutral sites that are right next door. But, like, how is it recruiting? Like you, you go to a, a kid in, uh, you know, I don't know, Minnesota. All right, you're going to get to play in the Chase Center. Is that kid going to Logan because he can play? In, no, he's going to go to, like, San Francisco to play there. You know, if he's really that impressed and that in love with playing in the Chase Center or in Vivian or whatever – it's yeah, but it, there may be something to the last part of the text, though, that some schools, I don't know if that's so much true today as it was during the Stu Morrill era, but um, it was always, well, the, the word that we always heard <laughs> was that teams didn't want to travel to play in the spectrum because it was so hard to win as a visiting team. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely changed from where it was, but... Um, the spectrum can be a tough place to play for visiting opponents. Yeah, and that's that is a fair point. I guess maybe that's the only logic. I I don't know, but are you that scared 
to play in the Spectrum that you give up a home game where you have your own home court advantage? It's like, it's, it's just dumb. Yeah, but neutral site games are better for you in the net. There's a broader range there. Okay, but road games are better for you in the net than neutral site <laughs> games. <laughs> so, like, you yes, can say, okay, true. so neutral site is good, but it's, you're evening out. It's lower risk, lower reward. Like, you get a slightly better reward now, but then you get a worse reward later. Because, you know, Utah State, they get a worse reward by going to San Francisco. They play a road game that's counted as a neutral site. Well, San Francisco's going to have the same thing happen to them next year. Unless they unless they back out of the agreement or something, you know, do some underhanded thing. But it's like, which I don't think they would. That's only something BYU would do. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Did that, that come out of my mouth? Uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I get a neutral site game. It works better for San Francisco this year because they get a home game that's a neutral site game. But they're hurting themselves with that same, they get that whole thing flipped on them next year. And it, it's more of a neutral site game next year than it was this year. Yeah, it, they do get it slightly better. Like I, I, you know, I looked it up. the The stadium was twenty three minutes away from their campus. You know, Vivint's an hour away from Utah. You know, an hour plus, almost two hours away. Yeah, about an hour and fifteen. Yeah, so it it's a ways away. So it's different, but still, it's like I. I get the not wanting to play in the spectrum. I'll, I'll, you know, obviously admit that. That's that's clearly something that teams are probably more concerned about. They understand that our home course may be a little bit better than theirs, but like, are you willing to give up your own home game because you're that scared to play in a spectrum that probably wouldn't even be at full capacity for San Francisco? You're only gonna there's only gonna be like seven thousand people there. Like, yeah, are, are, are you that scared? They would have had more people in attendance in Logan than they're going to get in Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, 9315, what was Nevada and San Diego State schedule in non-conference when they went undefeated pretty much to conference play and a top 25 the whole time? Um, uh, this year, last year, two years ago? He's probably talking about Nevada a few years back when they had the – the Twins, and when San Diego State did it a few years, well, the next year after that Nevada team. The, the two years that Utah State won the tournament <laughs> when they had Nevada, who was the top team. Well, the Martin Twins. Yeah, the Martin yeah. Twins. And then Nevada had that, or excuse me, San Diego State had the next year where they ended up like top 10 when Utah State beat them in the, uh, the conference tournament title game. I don't remember what the... I don't I don't know what their non-conference schedule was. But generally speaking, I mean, it would have been Eric Musselman, um it would have, you know, San Diego State typically does schedule pretty well in their non-conference. Um Nevada has a history of scheduling well in their non-conference, especially when they know they've got a good team. I mean, looking at I'm just looking up that San Diego State team granted they didn't get in the AP poll until I mean, relative to this season, last season, they didn't get until December 9th. That was when they jumped in the poll. Because their, their non-conference schedule was Texas Southern, BYU, Grand Canyon, San Diego, Tennessee State, Long Island University, Creighton, Iowa. You know, eventually they got some teams, but it took them a while. They didn't have a super impressive uh, schedule. At least none of them were ranked at the time they played them. I don't know how a bunch of these teams ended. 
5338, while you continue to look at that. Uh, didn't the Mountain West get four teams in the tournament last year, and they all lost in the first round? Yeah. Yeah, four teams in the tournament, Utah State in the NIT. Yeah, they all did lose in the first round. None of them made it past. No, it's true. Yeah. So uh, could the Mountain West get four teams in again this year? Uh, last year's performance doesn't help. Because you remember a few years back, the Mountain West sent five teams to the tournament, and I think only one, I think, was that the Nevada, one of the years that they played really well? Yeah, um, I think it was the year before. And so there was they, a pivot. The Mountain West sent five. They underperformed grossly. And so I think they only got two the following year. And then I think it started to move back up again. And so there was a lot of concern that last year the Mountain West was going to repeat of that that season a few years back where they sent five because they looked good on paper, but they didn't really – they weren't really that strong. They were good, but they weren't that strong. Yeah, and honestly, we could maybe have another year like that where San Diego State's not looking as strong as they were. They've – like I said, they've, they've played tough teams, but they've not – beaten really any of them i think they have what the one quad one win they're like one and three in quad yeah, one, one games. And three so they're clearly good and tournament worthy but not as good as maybe obviously the aztecs were hoping they were hoping they were a top 10 team they're not they're fringe back end of the top 25 type material they'll probably work their way back into the top 25 although if my take on san diego is any reference maybe that's a kiss of death but um you know, right now with UNLV and New Mexico look, and Utah State looking really good, you're looking at four teams at least that have real, um, you know, tournament uh, hopes, and they have every every one of them has every reason to think they can get there. But unfortunately, especially for Utah State and sort of for UNLV in in New Mexico, their resume is going to largely be built on conference play which will limit the ability of all four of them making the tournament because somebody's going to have to lose those games to make somebody look good. You know, if Utah State winds up, you know, building its resume really well and getting the at-large bid, it's going to mean they beat UNLV New Mexico, which means that UNLV New Mexico's best potential wins ended up being losses. Yeah, unless it's like a round robin where they just take turns losing to just one yeah. of the three or four or whatever. Which, in, in terms of the conference, the conference as a whole, maybe that's the best scenario. But in that case, San Diego State might be the only team that's higher than a 10 seed. You'll end up with Utah State being like a 12 or 13 and UNLV New Mexico being somewhere in the same range. Somebody in the play-in turn. And everybody's going to end up losing because they're going to end up facing the five, six, and you know four seeds maybe even. So it's like, you know... If you're wanting to see wins, it might be better for somebody to show that they're better than everyone else. Because if, you know, two teams come through with this, you know, if there's two teams that end up with fewer than three, you know, three or four losses in conference play, that means you've got two pretty good teams. Let's say San Diego State and UNLV, they end up, you know, only losing two or three games, and some of those are to each other. means they're pretty good. And they probably have a chance to, to beat a team in the tournament. But if you get four teams that all have like five losses in conference play, you're probably going to have a repeat where maybe you get three teams in, but then they all lose because they're all 9, 10, 11 seats. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's, 
complicated. So yeah, you, you hope and hope that Utah State, you know, goes through conference play with like three losses, because it means they're a good team. Probably means they lost to San Diego State once or twice. Right. As long as we know who those three losses come to. Yeah. So, or heck, if one of those losses is just randomly to Nevada, then it means you also beat San Diego State maybe twice, or you know, some of these other teams twice, or maybe that one loss is to Wyoming because. They'll like look said, very they, different. They suddenly got better. Yeah. So, and it won't look as, you know, if people actually look at it, they won't realize that one quad three loss isn't horrible. But you'll have more quad one wins on your resume. The more quad one win games you have on your resume, the more quad three losses you can ignore. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, let's, we take another step aside here in the full court press. In fact, let's find out more about the Mountain West and the weekend that was with the quick little uh, kind of, I don't even know what they call it. Uh, call it a spot. A spot. <coughs> an update. Uh, an update of what's going on in an the Mountain West. An update in the Mountain West. Yeah, there we go. That's next here on the Full Court Press. This is your Mountain West basketball update with Matt Neverett. We're just a little over a month into the college basketball season and three of the seven remaining undefeated teams in the country are out of the Mountain West Conference. It's the only conference with multiple teams without a loss to this point. 10-0 UNLV, 9-0 New Mexico, and 8-0 Utah State were all in action Saturday. The running Rebels downed Washington State 74-70 at the MGM Grand while forcing 22 turnovers. He has it knocked away, stolen Keyshawn Gilbert. Keyshawn front court. Keyshawn in the lane. Keyshawn underneath. Oh my gosh! Scoop shot with the left hand is good. John Sandler and Curtis Terry on ESPN 1100 Las Vegas. Career-high 25 points for sophomore guard Kashawn Gilbert. While UNLV upped their turnovers per game number to 21 and a half, nobody has forced more per game in the country. The 10-0 start is the best for the Runnin' Rebels since the 1990-91 team won their first 34 games. New Mexico cruised to a 94-76 victory over UTSA at the pit where they've recorded seven of their nine wins to start the season. The Lobos had three scores drop 18 points or more, including Jamal Paul Mashburn Jr. with 18, Jalen House with 21 and 7 boards, and Morris Udeze, who scored a game-high 24 points and 8 rebounds. He was a force to be reckoned with all night. The Lobos have 15 to shoot. Alec corner 3, hit the side of the backboard. Johnson with another offensive rebound. Johnson finds Udeze for the two-hand hammer. Robert Portnoy with the call on KKOB Albuquerque. The Aggies of Utah State played a late-night neutral site game against Loyola Marymount in the Mandalay Bay on the Las Vegas Strip Saturday night and walked out 79-67 winners after separate runs of 12 to 1 and 14 to 2, one in each half. Posting up, spinning up, under, off the glass, got it to go. Z Hamoda with the bucket. He's got four points on the night tonight, and the Aggies lead by eight. It's now an 8 0 run by Utah State. That's Scott Gerard on Learfield. The 8 0 start is the best for the Aggies since 1961. And that's your Mountain West basketball update. I'm Matt Neverett. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options in the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. Copiers, printers, service, and supplies are just the beginning. Les Olson IT is the premier source for your business's structured cabling, IT, software, telephones, and security systems. We partner with you to find the ideal solution to all of your office technology needs. Tell us your goals and we'll get you there. 
Find out more at lessolson.com. Les Olson IT. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Nova, Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now is the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Prodigy Brewing has so much appreciation and gratitude for the warm embrace Cache Valley has given us. We want to invite you to join us for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our Sunday-only brunch menu features sweet and savory options such as choro French toast, chilequiles, fried chicken egg sandwich, and a Bloody Mary bar. You also won't want to miss our hash browns. Whether you're out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Open seven days a week, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. A couple big stories of the day so far. Utah State in the latest net rankings for the day, recapping the full week of action since net rankings were made available last Monday. Utah State up to number 12, highest-ranked school in the Mountain West. New Mexico at 25, UNLV 35, Boise State 41, uh, Nevada at 49, San Diego State 53. So those are six schools in the top 100, almost in the top 50, all of them almost in the top 50 uh, in the net. Also news today uh, that we here at the Cash Valley Media Group will be able to carry the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl on uh, December 27th here on The Fan, also simulcast on KVNU, along with several other bowl games, including Mountain West Conference schools, starting as soon as this Saturday. So we'll have those bowl games here on The Fan. That may disrupt some of our other programming, but that's okay. That's exciting that we get to find out what's going on with Mountain West peers in their bowls, especially the Aggies on December 27th. Uh, Chris Beard at the University of Texas, arrested uh, early this morning for on domestic violence charges uh, and has been suspended without pay after he was released this afternoon. And Mike Leach uh, apparently suffered a massive heart attack uh, over the weekend, taken to the hospital, and it does not appear to be very good at all. Yeah, it's, it's not looking good, and rumors are already coming out that he may no longer be with us, but we obviously can't uh, give credence to speculation and rumor at this point. Now, uh, Mississippi State is one of those t- games, uh, they're involved in one of the bowls that we will have here on the fan. That'll be you know, Their bowl game is on January 2nd. They face Illinois. So don't know how that will necessarily affect that, that bowl game and coverage of that game. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. Uh, Utah Jazz, uh, they are back in action um, tomorrow. They've got the New Orleans Pelicans in town. Uh, Jazz, um, (laughs) look, we thought things would change with Mike Connolly getting back into the lineup, and it really didn't that much. They really missed Lowry Markinen in their game against Minnesota. 
and then they were really shorthanded against Denver. Give them credit for what they were able to do, despite being so shorthanded. Uh, took Denver into the deep into the fourth quarter. Nikhil Alexander Walker playing outside of his mind, but um, Denver gets the win, and now Utah returns home to take on the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. They'll face them. Kind of an odd deal on the schedule. They'll play them both on Tuesday and on Thursday, and both games at 7 o'clock in Salt Lake City. Yeah, it's certainly a little interesting. And honestly, when you look at these last two losses and what the Jazz is dealing with the injuries, we talked about early in the season, they were uh, you know, greater than the sum of their parts. All the pieces work together. And, well, if you take out some of those pieces, the machine stops working. And clearly the Jazz machine is not working without its key pieces, without Lowry Markin and without Mike Conley. We saw what they did without Mike Conley for the longest time. Uh, they are not a good team without Conley. They're not a good team without uh, Markkinen. They got to have all those pieces, which is one of the things that I that made me think Utah State was going to be a bad team early. Is I thought you know Mike Conley was going to miss a bunch of time because he's done that just about every year. Uh, I thought that'd play a big impact. Um, and clearly, injuries when they've been present for the Jazz have made this team look more like that team I was expecting in the preseason. When everything's put together, they're way better than I expected. But injury is certainly going to play a part in whether or not the Jazz are able to have a decent record. If they stay healthy from here on out, get the guys back and have them mostly healthy, minus one or two games, they're a team that can finish in the middle of the pack in the playoffs. If guys keep missing one to two weeks at a time, Jazz is going to be at the back end of the play-in or even in the lottery. Yeah, I think we saw that this team early on looked like it had some versatile, interchangeable parts. But I think what we're learning as more time goes on, there are, uh, the shooting guard position, there is a lot of versatility there. A number of different guys can play that, that spot. But at point guard, and certainly at power forward, um, you know, there's really only two guys that, that can play there that give the Jazz chances to win. Well, they had versatile guys that you can plug and play at every position if you play them 10 minutes per game. If you play Nikhil Alexander-Walker 40 minutes, that's a problem. If you play Talon Horton-Tucker 34 minutes, that's a problem. If you play Malik Beasley 33 minutes, that's a bit of a problem. If you play all of them, all those minute totals in one game, that's a problem. Or a really, really good thing because it means they're having the game of their life. But, you know, these guys worked incredibly well in their roles. Now they're out of those roles. Mm. They're playing the yeah. roles that guys like that Conley had been thriving in and been doing better in. They're, you know, the role that Markin was playing. It's like those guys were clearly fitted for those roles. You know, Alexander Walker, Beasley, and Horton Tucker are not suited for big minute roles. And we're seeing that. Yeah, so uh, there's starting to be some trade rumors starting to circulate. Um, uh, again, things uh, early part of the year it was kind of talked about. Then it got quiet for a while. It's starting to pick up again. Boyan Bogdanovich is a name that's being uh, talked about as a potential trade target to go to Los Angeles with the Lakers, uh, especially with Cade Cunningham, his uh, injury news and surgery prospectus uh, today uh, that – that team's going to probably blow some things up. Uh, but uh, it will will the Jazz be on the market? Will some of their players be on the market? You know, they've been able to develop 
some of these guys, give them extended minutes, give them opportunities to shine to some degree to improve their their status or at least their their value. And will this Jazz organization use some of those guys now who have reestablished their value to get you know, somebody else to fill a specific need or deal for the future? Uh, so that'll be interesting to see what this Jazz front office will do over these next couple of weeks um, because we're, now, we're starting to get in this threshold where teams really now, they understand who they are and what they need or what they want. And there's still going to be some jostling back and forth. Uh, you clearly have one or two teams in the East, maybe a third with Cleveland. I think you've really got um, a, a pretty wide open field still in the West. Yeah, New Orleans is the number one overall seed in the in the West, but are are they going to be legitimate? Will they be able to sustain that? You know, well, Memphis looked great last year during the regular season, but they faded in the playoffs, and those are your top teams right now. So, uh, but other teams that want to be contenders and aren't yet, uh, you know, what moves do they make to try to get there? Yeah, the Jazz definitely need to be sellers, because. Unless they think they're going to stay really healthy, this team's not going to, well, they're not going to contend anyway, so it doesn't matter. And I have doubts as to the worth of, you know, can you, with a couple of trades, turn this team into a contending team? The only way to do that would be to land a top five player in a trade, which you don't really ever do. Jazz have the ammo to do that. But nobody's on the market. So, and, and I've gone back and forth on this. Where first I thought, okay, maybe they can be a, a buyer and turn this team into a, you know, a slightly better version of what they've been doing. Just with, you know, a bit more to the sum of their parts. But I'm now kind of on the other side of that with myself. Where it's just like, okay, no, just don't keep going. Try and get a top five player in the draft. You know, a, a, a guy who can become a top five player in the draft. Because that's your biggest hope to, to win a championship. Because if you're trying to buy at the deadline, you're going to end up being the sixth seed and losing the first round. You know, But you're doing it with a young team and developing a, a taste for trying to win and get to the playoffs with a young team and a lot of future draft picks still available to you. Yeah. I think the issue is, though, is and there's some merit to that. And if the Minnesota Timberwolves were looking like they're going to be a top-five lottery team, I'd be a little more into it because you kind of do what the Boston Celtics were able to do a little bit and some other teams have managed where they just happen to have a, a top pick and a good team. There's there's merit to that. Um, but the thing is, like none of the players that are on this team are going to be in if, – if there is a Jazz championship team, let's say at the end of this rebuild there is a championship for uh, – just as theoretical – there's probably only one or two players on this team that would be on that Jazz Championship team. So there's not really a worth of developing anybody on the team now. It would more be to that winning culture, which I think does is an argument that certainly has merit. You know, having a winning culture, developing a potential top player within a winning culture. That was the New England Patriots strategy. Yeah. Build players within a winning culture. And they they managed to do it with lower draft picks. Granted, the NFL is a completely different animal, but... You know, it's harder to do that in the NBA because you can't get top prospects in that winning culture. Yeah, it's really tough to do. The Spurs are about the only team that ever managed to pull that off. 
Uh, all right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. And when we come back, who won pick six? How do we do in trying to predict what would happen this weekend? That's next on the Full Court Press. Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. Ladies, many of you will be fortunate enough to find a small but beautifully wrapped package under your tree with a brown satin ribbon and a box imprinted Jerex. The man who put it there is trying desperately to tell you that you are more precious than diamonds, more valuable than gold, and very, very special. Men who come to Jerex believe their wives deserve the best. And whether they spend $49 or $4,900, the message is the same. Men who come to Jerex are still very much in love. We just thought you should know. Jerex Fine Jewelry, 930 North Main in Logan. Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Uh, so quickly going through our pick six items for the weekend. Uh, Jason started it off. Mike Connolly points plus assists on Friday. Uh, line was at 17 and a half. You took the over. I took the under. He had 23. He had 17 points. He had 17 points alone, yes. Gobert points plus rebounds plus blocks. Line was set at 27 and a half. I took the over. You took the under. It all totaled out to 35. Um, attempts. Who attempts more threes, USU or Loyola Marymount? I took the Aggies. You took the Lions. It was the Lions. They attempted 17. USU attempted 13. Uh, combined Rudy Gobert and Walker Kessler blocks set the line at four and a half. You took the over. I took the under. Um, there were none between the two of those. There were no <laughs> really? blocks. Ridiculous. Combined rushing yards with Navy and Army set the line at 490 and a half. I took the under, you took the over. It was 384 between the two teams. So I've got three, you've got two. Uh, and Brock Purdy passing yards versus Tampa set the line at 215.5. He had 184. You took the under, I took the over. So now we're tied 3 3. It comes down to the tiebreaker. Who will have total tiebreaker? Is the USU total rebound set at 36? Uh, the line was at, well, excuse me, the line was at 33.5. Correct total is 36. You took the over. So congratulations, Jason, on the tiebreaker once again.